Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Transfer Podcast. I'm Trev Denny. I'm still here in my field in beautiful rural Ireland, podcasting to you as ever from my seat here in the study. And I'm joined by the main man for Transfer Podcast News, Dave Davis. How are you, buddy? Mate, the sun is shining, there is a cherry Pepsi Max in hand, and we're doing the transfer show. Life is good. What could be better? Unless I got my way, you might have not lost my little canny addition to your tweet there today. Uh, I saw your uh, really clever effort to try and get us some sponsorship, or at least a few cases of cherry Pepsi Max, uh, by tagging in Bushmills. So I, I might get the tipple of my choice, but no, alas, no bites so far, Dave. We'll take anyone and everyone. We are not picky people. A hundred percent. Even spam. If spam want to give us some free quality gear, we'll take that as well. Uh, we have a lot that we can get stuck into here, uh, tonight, which is great, Dave, because I mean, it's, it's a bit of a surprise that at this stage of the season, um, having done our other shows, kind of almost as a kind of a the idea was of the last couple almost like placeholders keep people interested and remind them that the summer show is coming we have yet more stuff to talk about which is interesting and good in and of itself and we can start with the reds uh, and it's not going to be like it has been on previous shows during the season sort of let's get past this quick because there are some things in the works it would appear and one incoming which seemed to be um nailed on given who we thought might be leaving is in the goalkeeping position and seems very familiar this fella they almost like we spoke about him before yeah we got to say it trev because we don't always get them right based on what we're told but we've got to crow loudly when we get it you know all the way around so when we get it wrong but when we get it right we've got to crow so i'm probably getting his name wrong and uh, you know i can butcher a pronunciation but ron robert zeeler the Hanover goalkeeper, as per build, and the excellent David Lynch. 
it pretty much seems this is well and truly on Trev for a nominal fee. Weirdly, due to his background as well, he does count as a homegrown player, so that's a sort of big tick in the box. 34 years old, low wages. I mean, in football terms, I should say, he's on an absolute pittance, really, at Hanover. So this just looks like a perfect transfer for us for a number of reasons. And probably the the thing that I know will make you sad is every journo that we've been asking, because, you know, we, we scout like bloodhounds near and far, is saying that, yeah, Kelleher, and his agents are very much looking at options, and there's quite a few interested. You remember last jam we said Palace, you know, had asked about him, but also we're being told Brighton, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester's maybe hard to see based on what's happening, but who knows, Spurs and others. And even today I saw that Brentford had explored it, but, you know, it was uh, outside what they did, declared as reasonable. So being honest, Trev, you bet solid, solid money that it's one out, one in in the goalkeeping position this summer? A worry for me, based on the stuff that I have seen over the last couple of days, and I said to you earlier on, I haven't seen much today at all. The one, one of the few things I did actually catch was a story about Kelleher, uh, and again, um, a couple of clubs linked, and the price that was being quoted today was around the £15 million mark, and the club were unwilling to go to that amount. Um I think most Reds fans had sort of half convinced themselves that we were looking at definitely north of 20. I don't know if that was just a random figure that somebody plugged out of the air and then all the rest of us decided to go with it. <clears throat> but it would seem that a talent of Queeving Kelleher's level should certainly be an asset that will earn the club money, you would have thought. And it would also seem to me uh, to be short-sighted to sell him for less than he is worth in the market that we have at the moment, which we know is daftly inflated. Um, any take on, 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 on the figures that were getting bandied about today and how they, they certainly are undercutting what we'd heard before? Yeah, it, you spot on. It's really, really odd. I think any of us Reds are suspecting or had suspected 20 million at least. Or We had that feeling, didn't we, of a deal with add-ons, but with everything totted up over or north of the 20 million mark. But it does seem that the briefings tend to be it's around the 15 million pound area. We'll get it done, which, like you, Trev, I kind of hope that's wrong. I hope there'll be add-ons. Maybe, and this is the only way I'm, I'm possibly thinking, doesn't mean it's right. There's some sort of buyback clause in there. Would I be hopeful about as well? But if that's not the case, yeah, I'm a bit surprised if it is around 15 million they're guessing done, that would be a bit disappointing. Yeah, because he's so good that even if it meant frustrating the kid a little bit, you you, you wouldn't want to give up an asset of that quality for any less than the correct market value. So hopefully uh, that's not going to be the case and, 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 and we will uh, end up accruing quite an amount for a fellow who is, you know, good. I mean, I don't think there would be too many of us would be upset if Keller had to do a stint in nets for us for a few games, if Ali picked up a little knock at some point uh, at any stage this season, regardless of how wonderful Allison's been, because he's he's that good that he he, he had this, this lovely calm presence about him and technically very decent as well. So 
I hope that that will be the case that the club will get um, value to the to the amount that 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 kid's talent is worth. Now, of course, it wouldn't be a transfer show if we didn't talk about the the midfield. <laughs> and we're only starting now, uh, but there, we're going to start with a guy whose name was being floated almost as I won't say fate accompli, but absolutely strongest of strong links. Um, one of the Manny fellas getting his head pasted onto Liverpool kits, uh, and lots of, uh, approving noises from the fan base. But all is not as it seems with, uh, Mr. Ugarte. It's a really, really bizarre one. And it kind of all depends where you are in the world as to what you're getting told because Uruguayan Portuguese sources are saying, yeah. We're well in for him. Mendes is trying to do his work, so to speak. The player wants Liverpool. It's all about this release clause, approximately 60 million euros, but it's all about negotiations around that, etc. On the other side, Trev, this is so bizarre. The, the big hitters that we know, the big patch journalists, so to speak, like Neil Jones, even James Pearce came out today and said, you know, he's not on the, the top list of targets. Neil Jones has said before, that they are prioritising Prem experience. Even literally a few things came out today as well. Simon Jones in the mail saying Liverpool have looked. That seems to be the consensus that, you know, he's been talked about, looked, monitored, the classic lines, but he's not at the top of that priority list. Now, as you know, Trev, those two things cannot really both be right in all honesty. So one's right, one's wrong. And, We'll probably find out soon enough, I'd suspect, but the, the one thing they are all agreeing on, if we do not swoop in, there is big interest in this boy. Villa, Spurs, quite a few, even Chelsea, we've been told, are really keen on him as well. So if it's not us, someone's taking the plunge in the prem. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch? and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's an unfortunate pattern to a lot of these stories, which is Liverpool are front-runners, uh, then Liverpool are out of the equation, um, usually because the fee quota is too high. Uh, so I, I don't like that pattern. Um, it would be nice to see us linked with someone and just be absolutely nailed on to get them. I think we've all been Bellingham'd one too often, uh, this last couple of transfer windows, um, to endure too many sort of disappointments with players who are uh, highly touted, highly rated, highly desired, uh, and to see them go. However, there are names that will not go away, as we know. And, of course, Ugarte was one of those names. But if you're talking about the three most persistent, 
And I think at least one of them has always been the most likely. Although there's a now there's a new twist here that I want to tease out with you. Those three names that keep getting linked are, of course, uh, Alexis McAllister and uh, Thomas Gravenberch and Mason Mount. Now, what do we think is happening here, Dave? Because like I say, there's at least one or two of them that I want to tease out with you a little bit after you give me your spiel here, because uh, I've got a, a couple of different questions. What's the latest on those who, like I say, really do seem to be the most doggedly persistent in the stories? Yeah, this these these are there's there's real weight to some of these I should say some of these just to be clear. So if we start with Mason Mount, I mean we had David Lynch on the the Media Matters the other day and he's coming back very soon. He said, yeah, keep an eye on this. This is one Liverpool are in hard for, and it, he is the name that keeps cropping up. And even today when we were asking out around it, yeah, very much Liverpool are interested. If they can get this done, they will get it done. Simple as that. So. Got to keep an eye on Mason Mount, no two ways about it. Similar with McAllister, that Liverpool, and a, and a few have reported this, you know, they've had talks with the player or, you know, they've made an approach, if that's the right phrase, to the to the player. And he is very much one of our prime targets. The, the weird thing about McAllister, Trev, is there's quite a few saying that City are interested in him, but nothing's breaking on that. And nothing's really breaking from City side at all, but... It does kind of worry me, would be one of my sides to it, that if they do come in, you know, we need to see how the league finishes, but the Champions League element, probably increased wages above us, that would be my concern. But there's, there's nothing concrete or tangible that's really come, come out that they have moved for him. So, yeah, he's clearly a player we like from everything we're getting told. Graven Birch is the weirdest one because his name just crops up now and again. And if we spoke to, say, we spoke to a few journalists, we've not got too much on Graven Birch, but one that has sort of recently come up is, weirdly, Bayern, who are well-stocked for midfielders, by the way, very, very well-stocked. They're now looking at Alvarez from Ajax, i.e. a central midfielder. So naturally that leads to, well, one's got to ship out. And I'm not talking about Sabitzer, who's already united. Another one has got to go. So a lot of people are, you know, maybe, and it could be right, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it might be two and two and getting 26 type of thing. So there's something in Gravenberch, but the one thing we did get told by one specific journal who's got the, the Bundesliga knowledge, he's on big wages, Trev. Big, big wages he signed for at Bayern. So I just, it just kind of makes me wonder, you know, would we go for a bit of an unproven talent on that bigger money? People talk about the fee being low, but the, if the wages are huge, you know, it's the package, isn't it? As they say all together. So, I've just got a question mark against the Gravenberch element. I've got a small one against McAllister. Mount would be the one that seems to be unanimous, you know, the the real links and strong belief. But it's the transfer window, Trevor, and you know how it works. Anything could change at any time. But those are definitely the three that do keep coming up from your Joyce, your Pierce, your Jones. They are the three to watch, I'd say. It's a, it's a, it's a tragedy of immense proportions that another name that was there earlier on has gone because it would appear uh, he's too rich for our blood in Mr. Caicedo. We've all seen him of late. And I think more than ever, people have sort of begun to understand that, oh, my God, he's actually the perfect player for what we need. So that is that is actually a, a continuing source of 
uh, frustration for me, I'll admit. The Alexis McAllister thing, of course, is, 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 is a very encouraging link. A top-end player, I can't help but think that there, there may be some twists in that one yet. And I also think that, you know, you could see um, the... Uh, the city crowd making a little bit of a bid for Alexis McAllister, especially with Gundogan on the way out. But again, I don't know. And I don't know enough about Gravenberg. I have not seen him enough to be either high on him or low on him. Um, I only know what I hear from other people who do watch him. And that's not the most exciting. With, with Mason Mount, however, I have, this is, this is the, the angle I was looking to, to pursue with you. Obviously, we've found out in recent days that Pochettino is going to be Chelsea manager and that surely will have a bearing on the futures of every single one of those many many players that um, Sweeney Todd brought into the club and the lads who are already there Mount is one of those who's been at the club since he was a kid uh, and you know has been referred to by a Chelsea fan I know as you know Chelsea through and through um, and I wonder what could his head be turned quite easily as a sort of a, a homegrown loyalist uh, the kind of lad that most um, managers would like to have in their squad right theoretically um, if Pochettino sort of fancies him and likes to look for him, that might really uh, uh, derail any potential interest from anybody or any chance of anybody getting them. And whatever is the case with Mount, Pochettino's arrival is going to have a bearing on every single player who may or may not have been available from Chelsea in a fire sale that may or may not have happened. Certainly they're going to have to do something because their squad is too unwieldy. Yeah, I'm... I'm kind of swiveling back and forth a little bit on this one. I do think it's a factor that Pochettino's there, you know, what, what he what he wants, what he says to Mount specifically and Bowley as well. I think it is huge. The the one thing that we did get told when asking around, and today literally we're trying to get some more information on this, was specifically that they've actually really peed Mason Mount off the way they've tried to do it because They've actually said earlier in the season, you know, we're stopping contract talks. We want to focus till the end of the season. Obviously, theirs has just limped out, hasn't it, really? It's been a disaster of a season for them. Then, Bowley specifically has always gone back in to say, no, no, let, you know, let's have a chat. We can get this done. He's been heard out by Mount, his dad, his new agent through the roof agency. And to be honest, Trev, from what we're told, it sounds like an actual piss take of an offer. I can't really think of another way of saying it that they actually offered him a small, minimal increase just for a year extension or one year extension. So the Mount Camp have very much seen this as like, are you having a laugh? This is just to protect your asset value for you, not for me in any way. Nowhere near, you know, the fees they've been talking, the wages, etc. It's literally was just almost a bit of security for all of them. So we've been told that, yeah, he's kind of said, on your bike to that type of year extension. So that's kind of sour, oh, you know, soured it a little bit now. So it will be interesting to see if even with Poch coming in, that's why I'm kind of swiveling as he's saying, now I've had enough of you, I just want out. But like you said, he really, really is Chelsea through and through. There's no two ways about it. You know, he's been through the, the youth ranks and all that. I mean, I, I despise the club, but I understand his loyalty there. So, I really am swithering, but it will be interesting to see what effect it does have. 
Yeah, that's actually very interesting to hear the detail about what's going on behind the scenes in terms of uh, how he's been dealt with. That does obviously have a massive bearing on it. And uh, uh, like you, I think I might have swiveled back the other way on the back of that info. Um, I'm just going to throw one more uh, googly in here, uh, Dave, if you don't mind, because as I'm scrolling down through my uh, Twitter feed, I was looking for something specifically to say to you about uh, Ugarte, and I couldn't find the tweet that I was looking for at the time. Um, but, of course, I come across our favorite catchphrase uh, merchant, uh, Mr. Romano, and he is tweeting about the one that got away, saying that uh, Real are already preparing a bid for Jude Bellingham and personal terms have already been agreed and so on and so forth. Can I just flag up here, is that going to come back later on or should we talk about it now? No, it's probably a good one to talk about later on because it's good in terms of the snippets that we've got around the big names in our league or wider Europe. So definitely one to put a placeholder for now and we can come back to it later, definitely. Let's do that then. Let's do that then. Just to tie it, tie it in with the Reds. I wanted to do it because an awful lot of people will just, I, I think some people enjoy being upset. So they'll want to plan for uh, getting a cup of tea for the last half of the show so they can pull their hair out slowly uh, with the news of where Jude is heading. Um, now, defensively, there are obvious changes that have to make, be made as well. Uh, there are obvious, there's obvious recruitment that needs to be done. We have one or two members of our central defense crew who, although all good individual players are becoming a little bit fragile, if they hadn't already been in terms of their um, availability and exposure to injury and that type of thing. And you have um, even our up-and-coming star um, in Kanate, who is flirting with being in that bracket. Uh, and then you've got the slowly, I think, rehabilitating uh, back to somewhere near his best, Virgil van Dijk. So centre-half is an area that we're going to have to do some recruitment in, you would imagine. And it's also an area where, again, you would imagine there will be some movement out. Um, whether full back is a thing that happens or not is, of course, much, much in the focus of an awful lot of people. And there is a certain Mr. Timber who we've spoken about before, who is going to be very uh, commonly mentioned until there's some certainty around his future. And obviously, Liverpool is one of those teams with whom he's been linked. What do we know about the latest on Julian Timber? Yeah, it's got to be honest, it's not something we've got, but there's a lot of info coming out around this, and it's very much from the Dutch side. It, it's a fascinating one, because the original source who, who broke it for their newspaper, The Telegraph, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, there was there was a bit of scepticism when he talks about you know his, his girlfriend's house running in Merseyside, all these types of things. But upon investigation, Trev, really, really, it's been really odd, I don't know if this is the right phrase, He's actually done some interviews with Timber. You can actually see them, you know, on YouTube and different bits. He, you know, so maybe knows the player personally as a stretch, but you know, when he's interviewed him two times, you'd think there's very much an in there if that's the right phrase. So that's the starting point. And then today, a bizarre one, almost two names from English football history or people we've been linked with or come against us. So the former Everton winger, Andy Van der Maid, has become a TV personality there. Wesley Schneider, you know, a player we were linked with for many, many years before he went all around Europe. They on Dutch TV, who again, 
what their connections are, I would not pretend to know. But they were talking about the Ajax situation in depth, and both said he's expected to move to Liverpool. Now, like I said, we, I haven't got, we haven't got anything on this. You know we've been asking Trent, we don't have anything. But it just seems really bizarre that there's a well-connected guy who's interviewed him twice personally, saying, you know, this about him. There's also two, you know, me, I'd say former players, but media personalities as well. They have a bit of presence in, you know, Holland that way. I say it, it, it just doesn't seem to be going away. Timber to Liverpool. Now, you probably think that I thought United would come up for him just because of the Ten Hag links, but maybe, and again, this might be me reaching a bit, but a player that can play centre-back, right-back, the Trent switches as well, there is genuine noise around this boy. So we can't ignore it at the moment, but we've not got anything solid. So this is the ultimate placeholder. Watch this space. Let's see what happens, etc., etc. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Absolutely worth flagging, though. And like you say, on the back of the talk in his homeland, uh, it'd be silly for us not to mention uh, the ongoing potential or possibility. Whether or not that's one that excites people, I don't know. Um, I've heard some opinions positive, some not so positive. Um, But again, let's just again throw these things out there. As you say, this is not specifically... uh, sources that we've been tapping up that you've been speaking to but rather just accessing the information that is out there from uh the the motherland uh for jury and timber so let's keep an eye on that one um of course there is a, a far less sexy uh arrival uh touted at the club and that is in the form of well, who knows what form it's going to take, apart from the fact that we know it's a middle-aged German bloke uh, called Schmatke. Uh, and the amount of smoke signals around this and the amount of can't see the wood for the trees when it comes to the details of the, of the deal, Dave, it's really a bit... It's a bit concerning because there are two totally different stories doing the rounds. And it means that nobody can really get their head around what is going to be the case and the reality for the campaign to come. And therefore, you can't really make any pronouncements about whether it's good, bad or indifferent because we don't really know anything. What is the latest that you've heard or the most likely thing you think on Schmadke and his arrival to the back rooms of Anfield? 
This is going to sound weird, Trev, but the first rule about Schmatke in the UK journals is you don't talk about Schmatke too much. This is a really, really bizarre one. So you've had your UK journalists, who, if anyone who's done a story, like Sam Wallace, Dom King, you know, big, big name journals have said that, you know, he's coming in, sporting director, and quite a few of them have said long-term, 2026. Those have been the pronouncements from the UK journals. However, from the German side, you specifically look like Christian Fall, Fjortoft, you know, another media personality in Germany, are saying it's very much not as a sporting director, it's almost as a transfer consultant, and that it's a short-term appointment. Now, I don't know whether that's almost a try-before-you-buy type of thing, you know, pardon the irony there, so to speak, but it just doesn't match up. They cannot both be right. They are very opposite stories. And now, we've, as you said, we, we've been asking around, we're trying to get anything on this. Very much, we know, you know journalists are reading these messages, ignoring them, or just saying, not really one to talk about. Now, the weirdest thing, Trev, is we had Jurgen Klopp's press conference on Friday morning ahead of the Monday night game against Leicester. Not one question was asked about Schmacker, despite it breaking, you know, the week and all the news. Not one question in the normal section. Even weirder, Trev, not one single question in the embargo section on Schmacker either. Not a one. How does that make sense? You know, sporting director transfers, that's all everyone's talking about with Liverpool. Utterly bizarre. So naturally, we asked a few journalists, like, is this one of the banned topics? Met with a wall of silence, Trev. I'll let people interpret that how they want. But it's just now utterly bizarre that the club's not sort of giving out info, if you want to call it that. Journalists have stopped really speaking about it. There's the difference between the UK and Germany. It's all just a bit weird, Trev, in all honesty. It is, isn't it? I, I, I'm just at a loss to understand why. Why, why there is such uncertainty about it? Why there's such lack of clarity about it? Um, I imagine there's a good story as to why, but we, we'll, we'll wait and see what that story is. Now, there's a little thing you threw in here at the end of the Liverpool section, which I deliberately didn't ask you about because I wanted to have a little bit of a sort of a, a surprise for myself because I don't know what this is about. But you here have got in the Liverpool section, Southampton update. Big reveal. Go on, any big tease. What's this? Yeah, we there's a, there's a few other people at Anfield Index that have got this. We've been chasing it and getting more info for the, the last few days. I, I won't pretend it's a, a lorry load, but it is an interesting one, definitely. So Liverpool and Southampton literally play each other on the last day of the season. It's expected that the day before, a Liverpool delegation, and, and that's my word, so to speak, a number of people are going down to meet with the Southampton party as well, to talk about potential deals. So the names we've heard literally with Southampton recently, I mean, there's the common ones, isn't there, Trev? Like Lavia, I think it's pronounced their midfielder. Bella Kotchup, I think it's pronounced as well, their, their centre-back. Those are names that are being mentioned. But it's almost a link-up or looking at being smart with deals so that Liverpool may even look as part of some sort of deal, sending potential people on loan that way. So the name we got, and I have to say name, I haven't got names, that'd be a lie, is even Ben Doak had been mentioned, you know, about going on loan to Southampton now they're in the championship. Whether this leads to anything, God knows, because, you know, I can't say it's definitely for this player that's trying to make a deal. 
And you could easily be getting two and two and making 27, like we said before. But Liverpool's delegation, my word, is going to meet Southampton. Party. And maybe just see what happens. Who knows? But there's very much a meeting set to take place. So it will be fascinating to see if anything comes off the back of it. I love this news. And, and this, to me, would represent good business, clever business. You've got a, a, a squad there who needs to divest itself of some of its assets, uh, who needs to possibly look at um, solidifying financially ahead of a, a championship season to maybe make some correct purchases for that level rather than where they are currently. Uh, this makes nothing but sense to me, and 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 those names you mentioned, Lavia and Belkachov, are two two um, players that are very very highly rated. And if it was a case that we were going to be doing some sort of deals and sending guys the opposite way and helping in terms of the fees in that regard, that makes nothing but sense to me, and I, I'm I'm delighted to hear it to be honest. Uh, now, if we switch our attention away from Liverpool uh, and sort of get back to what the basic business of this show will be for the summer, which is all transfers. And tragically for us, Dave, in, in, in the last big series during a window, it was quiet as hell for Liverpool fans. So we were delighted that Sweeney Todd was out there doing bits. So we should start there, I think, with Chelsea, because... I mentioned earlier on the new manager. This is clearly going to have a bearing. Talk us through what you think we're going to see at Chelsea in the weeks to come. Given what a shit show the season descended into, it's really, really beyond the pale in terms of the underachievement. You'd imagine there are going to be consequences there. Perhaps not, but certainly there will be changes in the structure and in the staff from a playing perspective, and we know now from a managerial perspective, what do you expect to see happening over summer at Chelsea? Trev, I literally have just chugged three quarters of a can to get ready for this section. I hate the club with a passion, but God bless Sweeney Todd and his transfer attitude. It is going to be another fascinating summer. Christ, where do we start here? I mean, we've got a new manager coming in, Pochettino, so there's a clear uncertainty as to who he will rate, want to keep, boot out, all those types of things. But there's the also uncertainty trek, which is amazing, as per last summer, where we raided half of Brighton's staff along with Potter, you know, in the technical area, he pointed Vival, all these people in technical roles, and then in an absolute scene of beauty, Trev, proceeded to ignore them all and appoint himself head of the whole transfer thing, which was just incredible for a start, so he's got zero football experience. Now as well, Trev, this, I mean, I can go on for ages, this is beautiful, it really is. He's even import, um, employed another guy, a kind of finance guy, in a senior football role. So who would probably think that he's not just going to listen to him and they're just going to play football manager again? It's absolutely fascinating. But that's just even the context, Trev. We're not into the real stuff. So what's the real stuff? FFP, Chelsea need to sell. They need to sell. There's no two ways about it. They've got a lot of players to clear. It's a bloated squad, as you've said. Kovacic, Matteo Kovacic, what we're being told, odds on to go. Year left on his deal, wants to move, big wages, club happy to go that way as well. Also, interestingly enough, it could be, again, a tenuous link, but Bayern Munich are in for him as well. They really like the player. So another midfielder in at Bayern Munich. 
we'll talk about Gavin Burst. We did earlier, but we can leave it there. Mount is the absolute, you know, the curveball. What he thinks about him, even if he'll have a say, you know, we're a bit unsure. Pulisic is on the market. He's been touting himself around with all sorts of agencies to see what he can get. A player that's gone quiet there. Kante wants to stay. I mean, he even said it on Sky Sports News. But if he's going to stay, with his injuries especially, they expect him to take a massive wage decrease at his age, which I'm struggling to see, to be honest, Trev, because I think a lot of clubs will be interested in Kante, but who knows? Also, we know Jao Felix, they are not keeping him. I mean, who the hell pays an £11 million loan fee and then doesn't keep the player and all those wages? But that is just Chelsea through and through, isn't it? And then the weird bit is, with the ins, they are looking at a few players. They are very much looking at Ugarte. And even in the bizarrest of links that we've got recently, this is utterly mental. Because we're in Chelsea and not that far or weren't that far off the relegation zone. They have looked at that or asked about that Napoli striker, Osimhen, which makes pretty much little sense considering Nkuku's coming in and that deal's done. But that's the only other one, aside from Ugarte, we've had that they've asked about. So a long story short, what will it be at Chelsea this summer, Trev? Absolutely mental again. God bless Sweeney Todd. Bring it on. Well, here's the thing about this. If they can look at the likes of Ugarte and Victor Simeon and think, yeah, we can, we can definitely get them. Um, we can throw some money at it. Uh, and they don't have Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League. They will have a bottom half of the Prem finish to offer as what happened before they arrived. I mean, it just, it does really speak a little bit to what we loved so much about what was happening there last year, which was, you know, abandon all logic and just go for all the great players. And there they are linked with two more fantastic footballers that we'd be very, very happy to have at Liverpool. So you're right, man. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. And you don't, you wouldn't doubt for a second that because of their financial strength, they're going to be able to throw wages and get some more new guys in it's who goes out and if we could snap any of them up is the interesting one um now our opposition at the weekend is aston villa they of course could throw a spanner in the works because an awful lot of liverpool fans are getting themselves very excited about the potential for sneaking in at the death into the champions league places and it's almost like an act of uh, bad faith if you don't um if you're not along for the ride now it appears uh people have decided that it's okay to rely on um mistakes and favors from other teams uh i i I can never be that guy myself so i i'm staying very wary and aloof from the whole excitement around fourth place however uh villa will present a test regardless because one thing we know liverpool have to do is win their two games and then see what happens um they have had a real renaissance under emery uh, from the comparative underperformance of the Gerard era, to be fair. So you would imagine when they have a European high quality, high caliber manager who has proven himself, uh, certainly in, 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 uh, I was listening to Dave's show there. He reckoned that the run of form that they were on there over say 10 odd games was definitely Champions League, uh, points total. 
you would imagine they would probably back a guy like that. So with that in mind, who do you think Emery's going to have his eye on? And have we heard any stories about people they might potentially be linked with and maybe people on the way out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, they're a weird on Villa because they're, you wouldn't necessarily put them in the, the sort of the big boys category at the, the top four. But as you said, they are very much enjoying a renaissance under Emery. And I've got to be honest, Villa have got a top manager there. I really believe that. So maybe, maybe this isn't trying to be derogatory of Villa, but as, as good as they could possibly get right now. So why wouldn't you back him? And Villa are lining up for some big moves. Like, let's be clear on that. They've pinched. Barcelona's sort of chief boy just under Laporta, Almeni, I think his name's pronounced it. He's coming in as sporting director. He's not moving from Barca to Aston Villa unless there's a, you know, a pot there, isn't there, to, to dive into. So the names we're getting that they are also seriously interested in Ugarte from sporting. The biggest one that we're getting though is that Ferran Torres, the boy who was at City that went to Barcelona, the sort of winger attacker, however you want to put it, that they are very much, due to Barca's situation, looking at him and have asked about him. So that's a real one to keep an eye on. I'm surprised at this, but they are still interested in Nico Williams, and not the one at Forest, the one at Bilbao, the, uh, the young attacker that kind of turned them down realistically, but apparently are talking about him again. Gwen Doozy, who they were linked with last summer, you know, a player that there's got a lot of interest, especially, you know, used to be Arsenal with Emery. They definitely like him. Probably the outgoing as well that's been mentioned. And again, it's not that there's solid offers, but Emmy Martinez, their, their goalkeeper, the Argentine, the World Cup winning goalkeeper, it was a, you know, a, a big name in world football, as it were, has asked his agency, 227 Management, they are looking at options for him. Doesn't mean it's going to get done, Trev. Does not mean there's an offer on the table, anything like that. But it's understandable that a keeper of that quality or with that reputation is looking at options. And again, I could speculate all day, but you'd be very surprised if there isn't Champions League clubs have got a little bit of an eye on him. So, yeah, Villa, are, they're kind of the one just to keep an eye on outside the, the big names that we normally talk about. But they're going to back Emery and, well, they should this summer, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I I agree completely. What? Why would you not? As you say, and I, I don't I don't think that's a slight at all. I mean, that is a very high level manager that they've got there. A guy who has who has won things. He knows how to win things. He knows how to compete in Europe and keep on track domestically as well. That's as good as Aston Villa are getting right now, and uh, they'd be daft if they didn't back him and and back his vision for what the club could be. So that's going to be, again, interesting to watch. And every time I say something like that, <laughs> it sticks in my craw because uh, I just want us to be signing all the players. But before we get to uh, despondent, Newcastle and Brighton are the two clubs who could have a very big say on that dream finished this season for Liverpool. Newcastle, if they were to bottle it, Brighton, if uh defeat of Newcastle was going to help them uh, uh to bottle it. So we'll focus on Newcastle first because obviously everybody was um watching them very closely. Once they had basically infinity money, uh everybody expected I think that it was gonna go a bit like Man City in the early days and there was going to get money thrown at the wall, players coming in of like high reputation and renown and high wages but it took as we know 
a while for that to sort of gel at City before a domestic title could be won. And it's hard to see. I, I, I find it very hard to see that if Newcastle do, and let's be honest, they should, they are, all they have to do is win two of their remaining three games. If they do hang on to Champions League football, that would, I, I think, be the catalyst perhaps for their owners to go a little bit um, less cautious, a little bit potentially mad in the transfer market because that's what the Champions League does to clubs. It makes them feel as if they are in the big boys league because they are, to be fair to them. Now, what do you reckon? Do you think it's entirely hinged on Champions League? Because it might be a bit daft to say that, wouldn't it, Dave? Because they just, like I say, they have infinity money. But maybe the potential of competing in that competition would would make them go, well, we won't just keep building solidly. We'll really go for it now, seems we're in this competition. That could be the way that the thinking might evolve. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, I I think the Champions League is a big deciding factor of what happens with Newcastle. And like you said, not not the actual resources, it's who can they attract. If Newcastle are in the Champions League, they look attractive all of a sudden, don't they? With their backing, the project, whatever you think personally about it. To players, it looks interesting. And they, they've had this almost set policy under Dan Ashworth and linking in with Eddie Howe that it's the young policy, it's investing in young talent, not being silly. But it would be interesting to see how that got maybe tested. I mean, Diaby from Leverkusen and Madison are the two names that we're hearing that they're, you know, seriously interested in. And again, might be linked to, to Champions League. That bizarrest one, and I'm not really sure how how much I buy into this, but it might just be the link because of, like you said, the infinite resources Neymar get mentioned the other day. I'm struggling to see that one, but who knows? The outs or the potential outs, Sam Maximan's very much being, being looked at. He's not a starter under Eddie Howe by any means, so there's talk of him. Bruno's contract is also an interesting one. We talked about this last summer, didn't we, Trev, that we got that info. There is a clause in Bruno's contract and in simple terms, Newcastle are trying to get him to renew on a massive wage to take the clause out type of thing. And nothing's really happened about that. And if they get Champions League, I believe he's going nowhere. Don't get me wrong on that. But if they don't, if they miss out, it would be interesting to see 
what does Bruno do? And does anyone sort of ask about that clause, as it were, or do his agents let it be known, shall we say? So it really is a fascinating one with Newcastle. And the the resources are there. There's no doubt about that. You know, no one's blind to that by any means. But Champions League, I think, is big for them, as in who they can attract, who they can bring to the club to go up another level, as it were, and really, really become one of the big boys. So, yeah, if if they do get the Champions League this season, they become a real threat to people, definitely. I think so. And um, I hope very much that they collapse spectacularly in the last few games and they have to go about their more plodding route to um, world domination and it would be wonderful if United did the same um, and uh, let Brighton in uh, alongside us that's the dream Uh, Brighton to go to them you'd have to say are very much a I, I think they'd be in the category of most people's like second favorite team in the in the Premier League, not just because they run well, although that does help, not just because they seem to have fantastic recruitment ability, but that does help because then we get to see these players in the park. But because the way they play the game uh, and the the way that they uh, have the ability, it would seem to pull out big results when necessary. Um, they are, however, being linked with Jimbo Milner, <laughs> whilst also being very much linked with the sale of their two midfield diamonds in Caicedo and McAllister. I'm sure they expect to lose both of those guys. Um, so I'm not really sure about if that uh, Brighton recruitment story is holding up well when you think about that. But obviously, I would imagine Jim is more of a, a, a signing for the club culture and behind the scenes and all those things that he's linked with at Liverpool, the stuff that drives young Hendrik mental, the standard setting and so on. Um, so what's your take on Brighton and what could possibly be happening here? Cause I, I, I think there's at least one lad that used to be linked perpetually with Liverpool who looks like he's on the way there. Yeah, they, they are a fascinating club. I mean, it is widely accepted this is the best-run Premier League club right now with Paul Barber and the CEO, Tony Bloom doing his mad negotiations and his mind tricks on Kai Sado to make him renew and all these types of things. They are widely recognised as the best one. The Milner thing is an interesting one. A lot of people have got opinions on him, but it does seem, quite a few juniors have said, he, you know, he's most likely to end up there in a kind of Lallana role again. A player, coach, like you said, dressing room tone, etc., etc., all those things. They've already confirmed Jao Pedro, the young Watford forward, for approximately 30 million, give or take. So he's coming. And like you said, a player that was just linked with us for years on years. And I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but Mohamed Dawood, the um, Borussia Dortmund fielder, is apparently set to go there on a free. So it looks like they're doing business early. It's uh, it's a bit different to their normal business trip because what we normally expect is Brighton buy some South American lad for about three pence and in like 10 years or sorry, within 10 years, you know, he's already moved on for a hundred million fee, that type of analogy. But there is a bit of suspicion that they've already got those in place with the likes of NCSO and the current caliber there. Outgoings wise, I mean, Desembry couldn't be more honest about this. He even said it in an interview the other day, didn't he? That, you know, we might lose players. 
by the way, McAllister and Caicedo. And probably the thing that, oh, my, just sticking your crows, I'm going to say it now, is the only thing that we had on Caicedo, because like we said, there's nothing for us. I can't even leave that there at all. But one journo did tell us literally yesterday that the ones that are showing interest is still Arsenal as well as Declan Rice. They seem to be, you know, their two top targets for midfield. And Jack is set to go, so that's a bit of a link there. But there's just this bit of uncertainty with Caicedo and McAllister. It's clear they're likely to leave, but even with McAllister, there's a clause, but there's not a release clause. But it's a clause that can be discussed, and it's a clause. And there's no clause with Caicedo, but there might be a clause, but there's no clause. It's all just a little bit weird <laughs> with the outgoings, but they're a fascinating club. They really are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Santa Claus, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Callister um, and Caicedo. Yeah, that link to Arsenal is horrendous, isn't it? Um, let's move into the wider European scene for the last few minutes of the show here. And you can't get any bigger in Europe than Real Madrid and Barcelona. And I flagged up earlier on that uh, catchphrase boy is, is, is throwing out, you know, inverted commas details about the Bellingham to um, Real Madrid mooted deal. So that's a thing, but I'm hearing mad stuff. I'm hearing mad stuff about how they could potentially be in for Alfonso Davies as well, and maybe Mbappe. Now, (laughs) we know that they like to gather a lot of um, very good players in one spot, but that's starting to get bananas. And we've already seen that the likes of Chumeni is struggling to get in the team. So I would imagine that that might have a knock-on effect that it would be very silly for Liverpool to not, inverted commas, monitor. What do we know about Real and uh, what's potentially happening there? It, it does seem a bit daft, but there are mad stories. Yeah, and if if all these mad stories do come up, and I do believe some of them are stories, then you know, someone needs to stop the juggernaut that is Real Madrid, because... The Bellingham deal, like you said, is Tapin Romano's got his thing. But what's unfortunate, Trev, is there's a lot of German sources. And even when we had Honigstein on Media Matters, he was saying, yeah, very much that there is something to that there. And there is a big suspicion that the deal, or let me be clear, the wages, the package, whatever you want to call it, is pretty much agreed with Real. It's just about both parties being respectful now, Trev, watching Dortmund season unfold, wait till last finished, and then negotiating a deal. So. That is sounding highly likely. Like you said, the, the Davies one, that seems to have been dismissed by, by both ends in, in Spain and in Germany. But the one that's back on the docket again, this is mental. Kylian Mbappe, Trev. If that link is there, mental. There's quite a few mentioning it. And obviously, we'll come on to PSG in a sec because they're insane. They're absolutely insane the way they're working. But everything seems rosy at Real Madrid. They have cash. Yes, they spent a lot on the stadium. There's no doubts about that. But it's, you know, it's ready on time. The sale's all there. You know, it's all set for possibly an, even an NFL option as well. So, annoyingly, everything looks good for Real Madrid. Probably, as you said, look at the riches they've got in midfield. Two of many can't even get a bloody game. And what are we doing? Monitoring him. Have we asked? Apparently. Is there any chance? Pretty much no. So, yeah, Real Madrid are massive, Trev. And it's all happening. Definitely want to keep an eye on this summer. 
it really is only when you hear stories like that that you realize, oh, they're just on a different planet to us in terms of what they can potentially do, um, as are one or two others. But Barcelona, theoretically, are supposed to be in financial shtick for the last while. Uh, however, it hasn't stopped them being linked with players coming in, and it certainly hasn't stopped them from formulating some kind of a side under Xavi, which seems to be quite defensively solid, and winning the freaking La Liga. So this is a weird scenario that's playing out here. I always thought Barcelona were you know, too big to fail. I thought there was a, a feeling of uh, bank bailouts, you know, around them. I didn't think it was going to be possible that they'd be let fall apart. So it would appear to be the case that they're just going to be allowed to borrow as much money as they need to keep going uh, on the never never. I don't really understand. What are we hearing around deals and finances and potential ingoings and outgoings uh, there at that club? I have literally just had to pretty much down the can to get ready for this because I just cannot make Barcelona make sense. It is utter lunacy. So let's go from the top on this one. They are borrowing, Trev, one and a half billion approximate euros from 20 different investors. That's been confirmed. That's not rumours. Barcelona said that. Imagine someone went, who's your mortgage with? Is it Nat West? Oh, yeah. Is it Barclays? Oh, yeah. Is it HSBC? Oh, yeah, them too. You know, 20 different banks and investors have lent them money. Absolutely insane for their stadium project. And there's even talk, some of the, you know, the investments being paid back at 6% trev. What is going on? So we're hearing that Barcelona is skimped, but they're borrowing all this money. So we're also hearing talks that obviously they need to raise money for players. So Ferran Torres, look at the, the villa closeness. Fatty and Rafinha are available. That's pretty much what's being confirmed. They are open for offers. Sergio Busquets, legend of the game, going. So you're thinking they're starting to balance it up on one element trap. And then you remember that Barcelona is just a pit of insanity where apparently there's these 27,000 levers that you can just pull and cash comes out of. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So what does Laporta do the other day in an interview? He confirms, Trev, they are looking or talking to Messi, and it's a real option that Leo Messi could be coming back to the new camp. Now, something tells me, Trev, that Leo Messi is not going to move for a one bar and a chomp, is he? He's going to want serious wages. So that's something. They're also looking at renewing permanent croc Dembele, who's, you know, he's pretty injured ball than he plays, so and increasing his deal, again, insane. They've still got, and I'm probably butchering some pronunciations here, but they've still got the Arujo and the Gavi contracts not yet fully registered. There was a bit of um and an R in around Sergio Roberto, so those are still to be done, i.e. more money coming out, Trev. And it's not even finished there. Al Nani, the sporting director, he's gone now. He's going, listen, lads, I'm going to Aston Villa. There's only so many levers I can keep pulling. I'm done here type of thing. So he's moved on. And the new fascinating link is, and again, because everything's public in Barcelona, isn't it, by the nature, Laporta said Deco. So that former player, the former Portuguese number 10, Deco is one that we're looking at as the potential replacement. The most craziest thing as well with Deco, he's part of it. Again, I'm probably butchering this, Trev. 
I think it's Gestevoot or however Jorge Mendez's agency. He's a partner within that. So the suggestion is if Barcelona bring in Deco in that, they are essentially getting into bed with Jorge Mendes, i.e. the super agent as well. So after all that, I probably need an inhaler. Quick blast on it, Trev. But what is going on at Barca? God only knows. Well, it's tremendously mental. I, you know, it's 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 entertainingly nuts. Uh, and long may that last. I, I I love listening to to the stories about it and hearing how mad it is. Um, I wonder if Almani decided, having um, secretly pulled a few levers and noticed no money was coming out, that he decided to scarper, uh, and they're going to be left with egg on their face. But the whole messy return thing is very interesting, and that does bring us nicely and in segue into our last story of the day, which is. Messi's current club, PSG, because according to the show so far, they could be about to lose both Messi and the other major star that they have there in Kylian Mbappe. Um, but I would imagine that won't go down well with PSG, who like to throw their own money around. So to, as, as a way of, 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 of cleansing the palate, let's go for more madness. What's happening in, uh, in Paris? Civil War in Paris. I'm sure there's quite a few musicals on this, but this is real life, Trev, in all honesty, at PSG. So, yeah, they've got the PSG owners, naturally, essentially Qatar, looking to, to build the club and even looking for investors. You know, it's come out the last few days, Trev. Even people that we've had dealings with are looking at buying a small share in Paris to increase that brand. However, all is not well. As it stands, you look and the ultras are protesting. They are booing players. They are booing Messi. You know, they're, they're also, I want to say booing him. They're booing him outside the stadium at the training ground. They're not even turning up to the actual games right now. There's a civil war afoot. Messi could well be leaving, like we said to Barca. His, his dad's only said on the Instagram, we're going to have to see. Nothing's been agreed. They have clearly, clearly hawked Neymar around to see. Will anyone take his wages? No one's been that insane just yet. So obviously, even at 31, be interesting to see what happens. Mbappe, God, they gave him everything, didn't they? They gave him the the team. They gave him star billing. They even put his mum on the bloody board. Do you know what I mean? Everything was done for him. And now, what does the enfant terrible want to do? He wants to go. So it is just a bit of a mess with the playing squad there. What's interesting, Trev, is it's very much the ultras and the sort of it's a strange way that the PSG fans work have been clear and there's been sort of a public swelling for Paris-born or French players to come to PSG. So the names they've really been linked with on it, and again, it might be a bit tenuous, but Kone, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Diaby, the winger at Leverkusen, they're the two names that are constantly being mentioned. And naturally then all the manager chat comes up because similar to Real, they changed the manager, or they used to used to, I should say, change the manager every five minutes. You've got Galtier on the sticky wicket and all the sort of PR campaigns against him. Even the sporting director Campos has had his sort of campaign against, as it were. Even Mourinho. I mean, what would make PSG sweeter than throwing Jose Mourinho into that mix? But he came out the other day and said, no, no one's spoken to me, so this is all a load of nonsense. But PSG are fascinating, you know, especially ones to keep an eye on of summer because there could be high-profile departures, there could be high-profile incomings, there could be investment. One thing it is not going to be there is dull, 
It's going to be as unsettled as ever. There's going to be another Champions League campaign that ends in civil war and disaster. Got to watch it though, haven't you, Trev? Simple as that. You got to watch it. And, 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 you know, we love a bit of crazy around here and it does very much help our, uh, our brand, uh, and our show to go by because if we were waiting for regular mental stuff from uh, our club, We'd be waiting. So it's great that we have PSG and Barca and Real twerking like mad idiots over there uh, to get everyone's attention because um, we're willing to absolutely lavish it on them. And we will be doing that, folks, of course, over the course of the summer when the transfer window is officially open and deals are starting to get done from when the season ends. We did want to slip in here with a show at this point because, as you have heard, there's a lot actually to talk about. There is a lot of information that is out there currently, and that's what we like to think that we do here on this show, present that to you. As ever, the waiver that it is speculation and opinion and whatever level of accurate information that we have sourced from various places, Dave works very hard on gathering this, and then we just try and present it to you. So uh, don't shoot the messengers, and also I hope you enjoyed it, because I know I certainly did listen to all the tales that they've had to tell this evening. So, my friend, for yet another fantastic show. Thanks very much. Magic. Pleasure, mate. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel, so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.